Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your true heel phenom, SP3, and this is the Pro Wrestling Spotlight Presents True Hill Heat 68. This is our very special WrestleMania 36 reactions episode where we're going to be talking about everything from the WrestleMania that was just too big for just one night. <laughs> too big. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. What a weekend. First, we got the lovely, the beautiful, the princess of all the true hills, the bottle girl of the true hills, Miss Chrissy Love. How you doing? Hello, hi everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Just like John Cena, yeah. <laughs> and then we got we got the Titans addict, the resident true heel alcoholic himself. Tight. Top guy JJ, Titan oh. guy JJ. Up. <laughs> and apparently, I'm in Titan country. Chrissy's still in the Firefly Funhouse. I am. I <laughs> don't know what. I'm in. I'm in my. I'm in my makeshift uh, truth he's heels. Got, he's wearing a rest in penis shirt. Absolutely. Yeah. From, yeah. from the from the boner yard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm gonna let, I'll let Chrissy sink that in real quick. How we start off every True Hill Heat is always <laughs> the same, our True Hill roll call. I don't know about that, friend. Why would you <laughs> wear that shirt? Nah, I, I knew nothing up And you're, you're not, our dad not, now, so you can't not, be wearing this type of shirt. People are going to be like, what? I'm, you can I wear that to the PTA meeting, friend. <laughs> I remember right, he got that shirt, uh, I believe it was like two years ago, when we went to New Orleans. Two or three years ago. I think it was two years ago. I think it was... No, I think it was... No, I think it was... No, for the all-out trip. No, no, for the all-in. 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 The all-in trip in August of, was it, 2018? I think so. I think so. All right, so... We start off every True Hill Heat the same, our True Hill Roll Call, shouting out everybody that's supporting us on Facebook, on Twitter, on the YouTube channel, as well as Instagram. Our True Hill Trinity is our top three conversation starters from our True Hills group page. But it's the same from last week. Coming in at number three, the New Japan officiato, James Wims. Coming in at number two, the host of the Romeo Report, Romeo Anthony Cologne. And coming in at number one, the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. The True Hills that we got to shout out, Ashton Atkins, uh, Samuel Whedon, Kareem Smith, Alexander Joseph Pratt, and Des Cook. YouTube subscribers, we got a couple of new subscribers, as well as people that's been commenting on a bunch of our videos. New subscribers, Hammerman Dez, as well as Dirty Heels, and our good friend Tom has been uh, commenting on a couple of our newer videos. We thank you all. And a shout-out to Richie Moon from Kayfabe Ave for joining me. Yes! <laughs> Mr. Mike Check 1212 for joining me for the top 10 WrestleMania opening matches uh, video. It was a great list. We counted down all the great classics from the first 35 WrestleManias before 36 ever aired. So it was a lot of fun. And I hope you enjoyed that. So if you haven't watched it already, drop a like, comment below. And of course, you know, tell us, tell us your opinion on what you thought was the best WrestleMania opening match. So before we get into what we missed, which is WrestleMania 36, nights one and nights two. I just want an overall reaction before we get break everything down. What was your thoughts on the overall weekend of WrestleMania 36? 
Um, I preferred night two than one for me. I just want an overall thought. What's your overall oh. thought the entire weekend? We'll break down both nights and we'll get the opinion okay. on what's the better night. It but what was your overall thought? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It, it it was it. It wasn't great, but it it, it wasn't bad neither. So I I don't think I think it, it it got a good. I th- I think it was okay. C minus. Cool. Uh, JJ. I think, um, so first of all, so before I get into, like, other reactions that I really, really need a minute to get into, I would like to thank, honestly, the WWE for that, because um, they gave us a pretty unique weekend. It was a unique weekend, and, you know, it was obviously, it was fun. I would just say it was fun, honestly. Like, it, it got us together. It got us talking shit. With everything going on, we literally forgot what was going on in the world for about seven hours. And everyone and, and had like to a really commend party. them for that. Like, you know, it wasn't What's the greatest show, it wasn't the best show, but it gave us a much, much needed distraction. And and I think they did a damn good job at that. I think they did a really good job at distracting our minds for the weekend, which was fucking amazing. So I would love to really like acknowledge that and be really grateful that they did put on a show because everything else is not happening right now. But overall, I had fun. It was actually fun. All right. So let's go into what happened. Night one, the biggest moments was, of course, the Boneyard match steals the show as the most talked about matchup of WrestleMania weekend uh, with AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. We had Braun Strowman defeat Goldberg in a surprise outcome uh, to become the new Universal Champion. John Morrison defeated Jimmy Uso as well as Kofi Kingston to win a very fun uh, ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. This was the change after Miz was uh, sick. Uh, We had Becky Lynch squeak by Shayna Baszler to defend the Raw Women's Championship. Bliss Cross Applesauce, your new Women's Tag Team Champions, defeating the Kabuki Warriors. And Kevin Owens with a New Jack S, a New Jack Tribute dive off the WrestleMania sign, getting his WrestleMania moment, defeating Seth Rollins with the stun. What was your guys, one, your number one biggest moment from WrestleMania 36, night one, Chrissy Love? Dang. Um, I guess Kevin Owens finally getting his moment. I had like, um, if I have to pick a moment, one, that would I would I would pick that because he's been trying to get his WrestleMania moment for the longest, and he succeeded. And he gave us even if we didn't have a crowd, he said, "I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you a show," and that's what he did. Nice. What about you, top top guy, JJ? I mean, honorable mention, I will say honorable mention for um, somebody that has been buried for a while, which is Braun Strowman, <laughs> to, for him to finally get his his apex, even though the circumstances was kind of substituted, he finally got it. But right. honestly, to me, the the highlight was to in, for night one and my it was the fun we got out of the Boneyard match. Like it was so <laughs> Fun, like it was such a fun match, and I was saying it. I was yo, we were all bugging out from it. Like it wasn't a wrestling match. It wasn't something that you grade on a wrestling scale. It was so fun, and 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 that was something that I was not expecting that match to deliver. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting it to be that much of a spectacle, and it was fucking fun, and and the fact that that was 
to me, probably my favorite moment of the weekend. Now, was it the best? It's arguable. But was it that was my favorite moment of the entire weekend? Just the fun that we all had with that fucking match. The Boneyard to me was like the, the, the weekend stealer. They should thank I, Jeff Hardy for all of this. No, Matt Hardy, you mean. Well, Matt, yeah, I mean, Hardy. Matt, Matt, sorry. Matt, you know Matt Hardy definitely, definitely deserves some credit Yo. for bringing cinematic wrestling to the mainstream. But yes, it's, if you've seen on Facebook, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, a couple of my friends, if you're a friend of uh, Romeo Cologne or Larry Morgan, they have my iconic shot of me <laughs> watching the Boneyard match in, in utter, like, like I was just, I was just so thoroughly confused. I was thoroughly confused, yet strangely captivated by by the Boneyard match. Like the Boneyard match was not like like JJ said it perfectly, and I don't agree with JJ a lot, but he said it perfectly. It was one hundred percent not what I was expecting. It was one hundred percent not what I was expecting, and just to hear everybody's just. Uh, just a very my uh, majority of people just really praising this matchup and just the fact that WWE tried something so out of the box, so against everything that they do, and just did something so unique that's going to be talked about for years and years to come. Yes, the Boneyard match is the the by far the match of the weekend. It's the match that's going to be talked about from WrestleMania 36, and the fact that the Undertaker, after all these years, ever since the streak ended his post-retirement, everything I said about him for the first 60, 67 episodes of True Hill Heat, I can say The Undertaker had the most talked about, the, the most famous, the best match of WrestleMania 36 weekend. There were so many things to like about that. The production was amazing. The over-the-top spectacle of it all, the entrance of The Undertaker on the motorcycle with Metallica playing him over, the humor of AJ Styles and uh, their, freaking, their freaking putties from from the Power Ranger Druid. Uh, yo! Uh, <laughs> um, um, Gallows Gallo getting thrown off a, thrown off a roof. Uh, AJ getting choke slammed off a roof. Like, it was just so ridiculous. I felt like it could have, like, fed into the goofiness a little bit more, which we'll get into on uh, night two with that, with that cinematic match. But I just felt like this was just so out of the box, so unique, so against. And it's WWE showing for the first time in a decade effort effort mm. they actually tried to give us something different to give us something that we would talk about and i want to thank wwe for doing that and i thank them like top guy jc jj said at the start i thank them for giving us a very fun eight hour distraction over two nights thank you for two four hour shows and not one eight hour show because i by far like you guys said you guys kind of put it all together that was the biggest surprise to me is that I much prefer a two four-hour shows over one eight-hour show. So if WrestleMania is going to be two nights going further, I don't mind it. I don't even mind you guys putting that hokey. It's just too big for one night, that catchphrase on it. Just give us two nights of that over one eight-hour show, please. But um, the other highlight... That. that does make sense. 
It does. It just does. I mean, it's going to hurt the other independent promotions that kind of work around WrestleMania weekend. It will do that. And they don't, they're not sure of like how it would work as well as revenue. Can they sell out two shows in a stadium? But I just feel like it's better for us watching at home. It's better for the people that go to the stadium as well. So, and it's better on them to kind of spread it out and kind of evenly divide over two days, just in my opinion. Uh, the latter match, I just feel like just deserves a lot of credit as my honorable mention as the biggest moment of the of the weekend because those guys went out there and just put on quite the performance for nobody for no I've never seen the type of spots to walk rope uh, into the Spanish flag by Morrison uh, just some of the bumps they took on ladders some of the dives they did off the top it was just it was just like. Sometimes you're like, what are they doing it for? Because it's in front of nobody, but they're doing it to give us that type of entertainment. And that was one of the better. I never understood that statement. I never understood it. I was like, what the? Like, like, seriously? This is their pinnacle. This is their biggest night of the year. And they're getting to execute it. So it doesn't matter if there was two people there. It like the the truest saying when there had so many wrestlers that came out there and cut those promos back in the day, which it doesn't matter if there's ten people, if there's twenty thousand people, if there's eighty thousand people. Like they have genuinely showed us that it didn't matter for that night. They went all out. They pull out all the stops. They did all a special bumps and and fuck like that match was and as you that match was really really good and in my opinion that was probably the best finish of the weekend like and my people might argue and dispute that but like just the fact that all of a sudden you see them and then all of a sudden the belts just were gone mm-hmm. <laughs> like the belt, and they're both holding like and I got both teams on my fantasy roster and I was like you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like he took the belt from both of them, and, and it was like it was like you was not expecting to see that. It was just things that it like this weekend really brought us some stuff that we weren't expecting, and that's why I I felt so thankful. And it's gonna be a part that I get into in night two when we get to night two. What would you guys say was the biggest disappointment from night one? In my opinion, I would have to say it was Becky versus Shayna. Um, I yes. wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting too much from them because, um, you know, I heard some people wanted it to be like the main event to kind of give Becky and the women another main event spot. But I felt like the position on the card was the right position, being the third match on the card, kind of being in the middle to kind of have that space out. But I just expected a little bit more from them. I expected it to be a little bit longer. And if it was going to be that short, I just expected a little bit more action. I did like the fact that Shayna did dominate most of the matchup. But by Shayna dominating the matchup, it kind of telegraphed to me that Becky was winning. Like how dominant Shayna was in in the bulk of that match, I was like, Damn, like Becky's probably gonna win because that's not how WWE books. WWE, I would love WWE to book it like Shayna goes in there and wipes the floor with Becky, but that's not how WWE books. So once she was taking most of that matchup, I was like, Becky, this seems like the type of matchup Becky's just gonna squeak out a win, and she did. So what was your thoughts? Yeah, I was just very disappointed in that match. Um, wasn't not nothing to really talk about, to be honest. Um, definitely thought it was gonna go a different way. Um, mediocre. I'm happy they didn't finish at the end because they're they're them doing their last couple of headlining um, pay per views. They were not good. So, how about you, Top Guy? And, and then just to jump into that, I think it's going to be unanimous across the board. 
And just it, I, I just felt that it just literally just showed two complete parallel levels when you got the opening match of night two compared to the match they had in night one. It was an embarrassment of how much of a substantial wrestling quality difference there was in the two branded women's matches. And it like it it, it was it was to me it was just an embarrassing effort. Like they, they they fought that match like there was no one in the building, like they, that was it was an embarrassment of a match, and, and it was something that I was thinking it might have closed out the show, and goodness gracious, I would have been hating that shit if it did, and it, it just really just um, it just kind of puts that monarch of really like, can we just get the title off this woman already? Because she, she's not, there's nothing Please. that she's, 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 she's just not doing anything for that title at this point, except walking out with her logo. And on a, tr- she keeps coming on this truck. Why? It's not necessary. It's not necessary. There's no crowd. We don't need the over the top entrance, Becky. All right. So match of the night. I think you guys are viewing this can put down in the comment section below. I think it kind of breaks down into if you prefer the cinematic masterpiece that was the Boneyard match, the, uh, the very fun and spot-heavy ladder match, or Seth versus KO kind of finishing up a very long storyline, and those guys put in a lot of good work, especially after the restart. I felt like they should have just made it a no-DQ from the beginning, because the restart kind of took me out of that match a little bit. That's, but- the, only reason, that's the only thing I hated about about that one yep absolutely i did i did definitely like that match it does deserve some praise mvp I, I think it's i think we can all agree to me the mvp was aj styles aj styles absolutely. even in a cinematic wrestling format he gave the undertaker the best matchup he's had in i would say since cm punk he gave him he gave him yeah, his don't, best match. don't discredit the undertaker man the undertaker yo the undertaker was a comedic genius in that match like, the undertaker he was a comedic was yo undertaker, he, undertaker's improv with his trash talking was amazing for, for but your ass, like, sorry, for your ass, I feel like AJ Styles tried, was tried. able I gonna to bury do you, that <laughs> AJ Styles AJ Styles was able to put in that dialogue with that improv and his selling his selling bumping oh, all over God, the place God. making the undertaker look like the baddest dude on the planet he deserves to be the MVP of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Debate. Every time he no called him boy, that. was so much, so, yeah, so no good. Debate, no debating the, the MVP of the night. But I was just like, yo, Undertaker fucking killed it that night. Like, and, and it's rare that we get, we haven't said Undertaker killed it at WrestleMania, and to me, in about eight years. I was going to say, the last, time he, the last time he killed it at WrestleMania, to me, was WrestleMania 29 with CM Punk. Yeah, that was the last yeah. time he had like yo know, a, a really good match, and and this performance was just like, damn, he's st- like, and this is gonna pain to say, but this is the shit that keeps him around, the capabilities of doing shit like this, the fact that this kind of like renewed him for a couple of years. Hey, we'll touch we'll touch on the barnyard match a little bit more as far as like the behind the scenes stuff, but one thing I do want to say. I have been the the biggest uh, anti-Undertaker person around. But if this is how the if, if the Undertaker is going to stick around for a few more years, this is how you present him. I only want matches like this. I don't want to see him in the ring. Give me this. <laughs> um, I want to see the badass one. Let him come out on his bike still. Just stop putting him exactly. in the ring with legends. Stop putting him in the ring with legends because he is going to have to carry it. But but, but never he's gonna. I, I I get it I get it. But he when he's put in that position, he's got to end up being the one to carry it. But and even he's with not in the position. 
even with someone carrying it, it uh, hasn't always worked out well. I think this is the format with with editing as well as takes. This is how you present the Undertaker yeah, now. We yeah, cannot yeah, do a live action of- Undertaker match anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we move on to night two. The biggest moment I would say was Drew McIntyre becoming the first ever uh, UK born WWE champion, defeating Brock Lesnar in the main event. The Firefly Funhouse gives us the most unique WWE match in history. Uh, Charlotte Flair defe- defeats Rhea Ripley in a great match to win the NXT Absolutely. Women's title. Otis gets the win. He gets the girl, and he gets yeah. his WrestleMania moment. The yeah. one moment the whole weekend where I was like, Yo. man, I wish that was had a crowd. Man, <laughs> I wish that had a crowd. Uh, and Edge versus Orton produces the, the match most ever. Oh, my God. Polarizing match called by my Uncle Dave Meltzer the most boring match in WrestleMania history. So what was your guys' biggest moment and biggest disappointment of night two? Top guy, JJ. Good Lord, Dave Mel- Meltzer can eat a dick. Um, good Lord. I, did we not see Triple H versus Batista last year? Did we not see that marathon? This was more bo- this was more boring. I, mean, I take no, I take twenty four I take twenty four minutes in front of a crowd that's going to turn on it, then thirty seven minutes with no crowd. That was that was really that was really I, boring. That I was really. Boring. I get it. Like after why is it still going on? Like come on yeah. already. Like they, let's so, go. You know, they should have just literally edited out that whole scene in the gym. The whole time in the gym should have just been taken out. Uh, the, the, the Chris Benoit tribute. The out. Chris Benoit tribute. He choked him with Jim oh, yeah. Yo. Yo. Like that, yeah. He, but I like, just. It wasn't on purpose. Like, you know. The whole. The whole. The spot, weeks ago. The action. Everything in the gym was boring. The entire came gym out was black. Yeah. Yeah. The they entire. Two weeks ago. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, I, so just a. Highlights about, and I just want to kind of give a quick honorable thing to what you mentioned with the, I think the KO and Seth Rollins match back tonight one would have, that was built for a crowd. To have the restart and to have that, that was built to have an audience to get pumped back into the match. Mm -hmm. I think, I just think that they just obviously had no response to it. So it it just kind of (laughs) fell flat, the restart. Um, so as, as far as night two, I mean, are we talking about the Funhouse match yet or are we just talking about in general? What was your biggest highlight? What was your biggest disappointment? Biggest highlight to me was just the execution of that. Like to me personally, the opening match, like Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, fucking killed it. Oh my god! Like wow, wow, wow. That might to me have to be like top five or top three women's WrestleMania matches I've ever seen. But like you said, but like like Sid said, when you compare that match to the Becky and Shayna, you was like, where? Yeah, we're done. Happened? We're done with the Becky match. We're done. We just <laughs> no need to revisit that shit anymore. But what I'm saying, <laughs> like, I, we didn't think that she could get worse than the the Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda match, and she like outdid herself by like ten. Well, like her WrestleMania <laughs> matches are just getting worse that now. Worse. No, I don't think so. That that shit was worse than that match last year. This proved yeah, that she's the greatest, and she will like 
performance by Charlotte, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, because Rhea oh, Ripley performed yeah, yeah. her ass off. Like that yeah. was an amazing. Like I was so happy that match went almost a half hour. Like that yeah. was, that was the thing of fucking beauty. That was my that highlight. That should have been the long match and not the edge, the edge match. That should have well, been, been the longest match. Yeah, that was that like been the twenty match. match. That was like twenty. It was close to twenty minutes. I don't even think it hit twenty minutes. It you just, sure? it just no, it felt did. it. Oh, it did. Yeah. Nah, I, I got the time here. I could tell you guys. Uh, but continue, continue going. I'll, I'll just look it up. I I'll felt get you like, back. I mean, uh, unless I'm missing something. It just, it just felt like a, it just felt like a more of a full story that felt longer than it really was. But I honestly, I felt like it could have went, it could have went a little bit longer. Honestly, Rhea and uh, Sean. Incredible, an incredible, incredible match. That was my highlight wrestling wise. Seeing that. Um, and just the highlight, that was for me the highlight. Um, I it took me like three days up until d- to the time we got on air to process the Firefly Funhouse match. So that was something that like to me, I even like I said it right away, was like I just cannot stand the WWE's handling of him because he is such a fucking genius. Like Bray Wyatt is a wrestling genius. And he is just not, he's not serving it right over there. But um, we'll get into that. Low Light was the main event. I'm sorry. Like, the main event to me was, and there's a reason why they added to the shit on Raw the next night. The main event was, like, you don't do a WrestleMania, the biggest show of the year, like that. I'm just sorry. You don't end WrestleMania with a four-minute main event. Like, it, it, it just, it felt... It felt there was something missing. That sh- it shouldn't have made uh, a Charlotte. Benefit. Charlotte and Rhea were twenty went twenty minutes twenty seconds. I mean, eh, right by 15, 20 seconds. That's not not a big deal. I, it just felt like it was that. It felt like that longer. But it felt it felt like it. But it it, it was well deserved. All the time they had was well deserved. They deserved even more. And yeah, my low light was the main event. Like my mo- it was literally the main event. Like I was extremely disappointed with the main event. Like Brock Lesnar, literally, obviously, with the after story, clearly looked like he performed like he didn't give a fuck about the night. Brock sold the hell out of. I felt like he sold the hell out of for uh, for Drew. Put him over. You all right? But all right. So under, I get it. If you put that same that same match, two spots before the main event closes, but that is not supposed to close out WrestleMania. The Firefly Funhouse. Absolutely. They should have just left you like, what the fuck did I just watch? And the show's over. Yep. Like, okay. that should have just left you like, hold on. I, I, dis- I, I disagree with you. I need to figure this shit out. Over I, I disagree with you being disappointed over Drew and, and uh, Brock, but I do agree that probably the Firefly Funhouse would have been a stronger close to the show. Okay, so this is what I wanted to get into with that. With that, I said the main event was fucking trash because it was the main event. Take that same match and just move it. The same setup, the same structure, just move it. That shouldn't have closed the night. It was too quick. It just, it just not, that's not how you ever end WrestleMania with just something that sudden. Like, you sold a couple of suplexes, you sold an F5 or two, and then Brock sells to him, the night's over. Like, it, it, it was so 
non-WrestleMania, like, we have a, there's a tradition for this goddamn show. And that shit just missed it, the mark, all the way to me. Move that same match, because Goldberg and Brock did the same shit two years prior. It didn't main event the show, and it felt awesome, because it was a, it was a five-minute interjection, and then they moved on with the rest of the show. It shouldn't have closed the night out. That's why I had the problem with the match. Chrissy Love, what was your thoughts on night two, your biggest highlight and low light from night two? I love night two. I think night two was the best out of both nights. Um, low was definitely Edge and um, Randy. Um, high was the Funhouse. Okay. What was your what was your reasoning for you liking the the Firefly Funhouse? Because it was nothing that I thought was gonna uh, nothing that I expected. I didn't know what to expect, and it was just pure genius. It was hilarious. It was everything. I, I was like, this is. And I wish it would have closed the show because just like how they ended the first night with a bang, that was the bang that it needed to end the night. So, like he said, move the other the Brock match right before it and it could have just like all go out right mm-hmm. it would have been that was great my whole problem was the placement of the match i didn't have a problem with the match i just had a problem with the placement of the match yeah i would i would say my honorable mention for a highlight would be charlotte versus rhea ripley i think they yes. put on the best yes. the best the best pure wrestling uh matchup of the entire weekend that was the match uh, of the weekend yeah that was the, the the actual match of the weekend uh, my highlight of the whole show is definitely the Firefly Funhouse. It was just so multi-layered, so some of the best piece of storytelling WWE ever has given us. It, it's hell for me as a person that does match ratings. I couldn't really rate it as a match because it's like a it's a dud match but because how there's did no. You rate it as a match. It wasn't a match. It was a story. It wasn't. It, but it, but they called it a match. It, it called it a yeah, match. So no, no, because there was a there was a finish. There was a pinfall. <laughs> that was my that was my issue with the boneyard match. That's not a match. That's the boneyard of destruction. Just call it that. That's what Matt Hardy differentiated all his cinematic wrestling match. He didn't call any of them matches. It's final deletion, delete or decay. Uh, delete or destruction. Like he called it. He called it all those things because it's not a match. Like boneyard of destruction, Firefly Funhouse experience. You call it those two things, and then we can we can take it as a piece of storytelling that you're taking you and are, make, yeah. you're making something different. You call it a match, and then yeah. I have to rate it as a match. And it, and the Firefly Funhouse is not a match. It's 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 maybe one or two moves in the whole freaking thing. John Cena gets no offense on Bray Wyatt. It's just a mind fuck. It's like an LSD trip for the WWE creative. And <laughs> but. But I just loved it. It's just everything that I wanted out of it, I got it. And it's much better than it would have been if it was a regular wrestling match. So that's why I, I enjoyed it. Both. I think so, Kevin I mean, was the one that said he wasn't even on shrooms when he was, he was shrooms. Did he feel like he just took shrooms? So, I mean, are, we able, are we able to dive into this match for a couple of minutes? Because I want to give, I think we need to give our perspectives on what this match was. Well, that's our, that's, we can get into it more when we get into the top news. My low light from night two was uh, definitely Edge versus Randy Orton. That matchup, that matchup was my matchup that I was most looking forward to going oh, into the yeah. entire weekend. 
And around the 15, 20-minute mark, I'm like, okay, this is good, but when is it going to end? Well, how are they going to end this? And the more I thought about how they were going to end it, it went on and on and on and on. And the fact, yeah. the fact that it went, to, it went as long as to become the second longest matchup in WrestleMania history. And the number one matchup was a matchup that we all knew was going to be 60 minutes going in, the original Iron Man match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And if you watch that with adult eyes, that match is pretty boring. I had to tell somebody, like, oh, that's my favorite match of all time. I love, I love that Edge versus Orin match. No wonder you do, because that shit is boring. You're still watching that with rose-colored glasses. And I had to make someone but I had to All make right. someone admit that when you watch this Edge versus Orton, if you did enjoy it, honestly, you did enjoy it because you're watching it with rose-colored glasses. You're happy that Edge is able to perform, which I was too. And I had to come to that realization because by the end of it, I was like, okay, the ending was good. I liked it. I clapped for them. I liked it. Okay. Then I rewatched it and I was like, yeah, you could cut out a whole 20 minutes of this and it's a lot better story. It's a lot tighter of a story and it's a lot better of a match. But 37 minutes with no fans, an empty arena, last man standing match, is ridiculous. And that's the low light of the entire weekend, in my eyes. Absolutely. Agreed. I mean, I, 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 listen, I, I'm a, I would think that's a little, little harsh on them. I think that's just basically WWE's production team. Oh, I'm some, not blaming. Like, I'm not being hard on them. I said nothing wrong with Edge versus Randy. I said nothing wrong with Edge's performance. I said nothing wrong with Randy Orton's performance. This has all to do with the editing and the fact that this right. was taped a week yeah, and absolutely. a half ago. Absolutely. Like, I absolutely. said nothing. Don't get yeah. me wrong. You're getting me wrong. I never said anything wrong about Edge. I never said anything wrong about Randy Orton. It's just the fact that this was taped a week and a half ago. I shouldn't see a Chris Benoit tribute, and I shouldn't see 37 minutes of this matchup. So that's that's my whole problem. Why this is the biggest disappointment of Wrestle 30, WrestleMania 36 weekend, and that's to explain it for for the morons that would hear you say something like that and then think, oh, you're degrading Edge's comeback. You're degrading Edge's comeback. Like, said nothing. To dialogue. Wrong. Listen to dialogue, idiots. Exactly. Exactly. I said nothing wrong about e either one of them. They put Edge put on a great acting performance. He get a very a very intrigued, layered story in the in the stuff that he wanted to do. And I understand that in front of a live crowd, this match probably would have even turned out better, even with thirty seven minutes. It probably would have been a lot better with the fans getting into it. But thirty seven minutes, empty arena, last man standing, no. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, if they would have cut the, they just needed to honestly, the editing team just needed to cut the entire gym portion out, and the match would have been way better. The gym and the, 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 the gym was bad. He but the did that office. They did the office <laughs> and the gym. They did yeah. both rooms. They didn't need neither one of them. You know, yeah. but they weren't. In, they were in the office all of like three minutes. That gym, they felt like they was in there for a week. I actually did the minutes. They were in the office for six minutes. You cut six minutes. You cut half of the gym scene. The gym scene is ten minutes. You cut half of the gym scene. No. It's a light side of a, of, a of a fucking match. Ten minutes in one spot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the corridor. The, the, the final chill. corridor. The final that's corridor. Such, they're in there for 11 such, minutes. The final such, corridor. They're in there for 11 uh, minutes. Such overkill. Yeah, it was overkill. Too it much. It's over. Delete the whole match, to be honest. 
<laughs> All right, so match of the night. Match of the night, definitely, I would say it's between uh, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. Or if you consider it a match, the Firefly Funhouse match uh, with John Cena and Bray Wyatt. And the MVP, I would say, either goes to Charlotte, Rhea Ripley, or the mind of Bray Wyatt. You guys watching this, True Hill Heat 68, you put down in the comments section your match of the night and MVP from night two. We got to get into the top news. Top news coming out of WrestleMania weekend is a lot of that behind-the-scenes notes in regards to the taping of all these WrestleMania cinematic matches. Uh, Woke Culture and Wrestling Observer Radio have released notes regarding the filming of both the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match uh, from this weekend's WrestleMania 36. The, the Boneyard match was filmed on March 20th. From 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. It took eight hours of shooting. The set took five days for a completion. It took over a week to do the cleanup afterwards after the filming. WWE hired from local community for our production as well as the extras that were the Druids. Um, the producers were Triple H, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, and of course, Jeremy Borash. Jeremy Borash is the famous producer that co collaborated with Matt Hardy for the final deletion and the famous um, videos at the Hardy Compound. The Undertaker and AJ Styles had a lot of input into this matchup and 100% improvised all of the dialogue for the matchup, all the trash talking. Uh, the blood scene... <laughs> the blood scene with Taker cutting his arm was not planned, but kept in to add to the realism of the matchup. Triple H and Hayes found a prop hand in which uh, Taker came up with the idea to dress up as AJ for the final scene with the hand popping up from the, uh, from the ground. As for the Funhouse match, the producers were mostly WWE produced. So the Boneyard match was mostly NXT production. The uh, Funhouse match was more WWE production, but it was headed up by Bruce Pritchard. The concept for the match and all the ideas for the match were from the mind of Bray Wyatt as well as Bruce Pritchard with a lot of input from John Cena. What was your thoughts on both matches? Uh, what would you what would you say is like the number one thing that stands out from both of these matches, Miss Christy Love? Um, for the Boneyard match, aka a Buried Alive match, I would say um, the trash talking between the two of them. Mostly, uh, Undertaker keep calling uh, AJ boy. Loved it. Everything about it. <laughs> Come on, boy. Come on, you got all that talk? Come on, boy. Let's go. <laughs> Amazing. Um, from the Firefly, the whole point of them doing the NWO and John Cena supposedly being hailed and he come out with the belt, genius. Genius. I love, I mean, it's like everything, like Bray Wyatt is amazing. Like he had, like the, he went back to his old self with the old Bray Wyatt. It was, I can go on and on about it, but it was just amazing. What about you, Top Guy JJ? What was your thoughts on the match? What was your biggest thing that stand out from both matches? Well, for the Boneyard match, the the effort, the effort of the teams and that 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 extra call out of it taking eight hours to do was a really really awesome piece of information. Um, the just the product, you could tell that this was done with effort. You can tell that this was done with, with two guys that wanted to make something special happen. And Undertaker is really, I think he's really good at helping not make someone look bad on this show. And I think he did an awesome job of helping AJ really 
be the star of this show of, of this mm. match and 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 usually when he, he he's getting into that element this is the best undertaker that we get like you've seen this in boiler room matchup with mankind you've seen this in all of these element matches with all of these other superstars and he does his best to make you look damn good and that's what I got out of the boneyard. And that's why, and then, of course, the comedy aspect, as Chrissy pointed to, like, just, I, like, my favorite line is just, you know, you fought your ass off, son. You fought your ass off, son. I ain't gonna bury you. I ain't gonna bury you. You fought your ass off, kid. Just hugging him like he's his child. Like, yeah, you know, great you job. hard, boy. I ain't gonna bury you. I promise. I promise I ain't gonna bury you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, it was just, and you, the, the mythical stuff was really, really cool. And the, the 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 Firefly Funhouse match, that match not only made me proud but also just elevated my level of frustration. Like, and anybody that doesn't understand where I come from with this, I have been on this since Hell in a Cell. That Bray Wyatt is the best mind to me in professional wrestling right now, mm. and they are wasting him. Like, because they, they, the WWE has their, their way of having to have their input on something instead of just letting it be and let him rock and let him play out these stories with his imaginary mind. But they got to put their spark on it and just do shit over the top and then realize that this shit just happened two months ago. Like, this is why I was pissed off at Hell in a Cell. This is why I was like, all right, the eulogy happened when he lost to Goldberg. And then now he looks super strong here again. And then now it's like, what are you going to feed off after this? Like, your your his mind is unlimited. Right. Like, the fact that you were able to think about all of his failures, bring all of that to video and to life, you brought up his ruthless aggression failure. You brought up his marriage failure. You brought up his failure to become a heel. You brought his fear out of becoming a heel. You put all of this into light and you put it on camera. This was Bray fucking Wyatt. This was Bray Wyatt. His mind is something that you try to compute and say with words, and he fucking just does it. He is magical. I would have liked. I'm sorry. I would have liked to be at the production table when they're pitching this to him. I want to be at the production table hearing Bray Wyatt go into detail about. That's like, what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, like just hearing how he would deliver this stuff, like I don't think people understand why people think that if I'm frustrated with with the situation, I'm frustrated with the situation with Bray because he is the smartest wrestling mind I have ever seen, and they're not utilizing it. Facts, and it kills me. It fucking kills me. And that went on full display with the Firefly Funhouse, like. There's not a person alive that could have fucking did that shit. Not a person alive. I think that WWE, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think that WWE just could have done a better job in explaining his loss to to Goldberg. I feel like you, like a lot of fans, no offense to you, uh, just were very quick to react to that outcome, whereas Bray Wyatt is such a unique wrestling mind, with his words, he could have explained that loss. If you notice, everyone that Bray has feuded with, he has basically transformed them or made them face their fears or turned them back into their 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 original self or their best self. 
Whether it was Finn, he turned him back into the Prince, sent him back to, to NXT. Whether it was The Miz, he turned him back to a self-obsessed egomaniac. Whether it was Seth Rollins, who turned him into the Monday Night Messiah. Like he, but when it comes to Goldberg, Goldberg's the same. Goldberg's never changed. There's nothing to turn Goldberg back to, you know, unless you're going to put him in a DeLorean and send him back to 1998. So by Bray, if he explained it in a promo, I, I allowed Goldberg to beat me for the Universal title because that was an anchor for me to do my real bidding, which is to, to put people back where they originally are supposed to be and to get rid of cancers from the WWE. And his <laughs> next cancer was John Cena. I that get it. But, but when you miss parts, when you win... And just put it back into perspective, which it puts over Bray, it makes his loss me mean meaningless... And it allows for Goldberg to move on to his next beat. But that's the problem. Is when you miss major parts where you could fill these chapters up. You can't go from chapter 7 to chapter 10. You got to put the 8 and 9 in there. You got to put, put what happened in between there. You got to put a purpose there. You can't just skip this shit. And that's what they, they, they tend to just skip stuff like we won't remember that the last thing just happened. So this thing, this is this is like we knew the Goldberg thing was for money. We knew it was for business, but at the same time, we are tr trying to put our brain stocks into a character that we can believe and actually spend money on, follow, and really make the number one product of the company. But when you just throw these curveballs with no explanation involved, it ruins the progress of the person you're trying to make. The featured guy. Bray, like Bray can be the featured guy of this company. But there, there, you that's where you you kind of you kind of miss me off the boat. We there, we've never been given the the impression that they want Bray to be the top guy. So that's where you kind of mess me that, up. But that, but, I, but that's, can't that's, be. But we've never gotten the impression that WWE sees him as that. So I mean, so the thing that I, I got with the whole Bray Wyatt thing is that all right. So they've invested a brand. They've invested a look. They've put so much stock and money into this character. They have done a ton to, to push him, to make him look some, like something special, like a, like a special attraction. It can't be the same status quo typical guy. And I think this is the same problem that these other stars that they didn't have their envision on. Because like how they had their envision on Roman Reigns, they had their envision on John Cena. That's the same issue that somebody like CM Punk had that was clearly their star, but they just didn't believe it. They didn't make us believe that they invested all the way in him. This is the same issue that Bray Wyatt is having. He's clearly the best thing in the fucking company. He's clearly the best thing there. He's the, he's the most entertaining. He's the smartest. He knows how to make any situation look like gold. But they have to focus on the Roman Reigns. They have to make sure that they give you 10 different variations of Seth Rollins. Like, it's them that is not seeing how Killing good it. their talent is. Yeah, they're yeah. not seeing how good their own talent is at times. And it's so that's my argument. So my argument is not saying that this is what you're not saying is true, is that this is just what, like, you're, you're asking. I'm a fan at the end of the day. I'm a fan of wrestling. And when I see, when I'm like, yo, 
This is the best thing on TV. The Fiend is the best thing on TV, and then they just find their ways for their fucking inputs to go and kill it. Uh, I'm just I'm just here to temper anyone being a fan as WWE. I, I just want you to have expectations and realize that the once and and the desires of us professional wrestling fans are not the same as Vincent Kennedy McMahon's. Right, and but Absolutely. at the same time, is that you're not? That's not going to change my hopes as a fan. That's well, not going to change it. But I'm not going to go insane because it's like at the end of the day, I understand the bullshit, but it's not going to stop my optimism. Because if, it's, if, you, if you have no optimism as a wrestling fan, why the fuck are you watching to begin with? Uh, you, just, you just said the wrong thing. We're talking no, about no. the WWE. The WWE uh, and wrestling. The WWE. Two, Listen, two I, grew up when I can't things. help. Like, first of all, I one, can't help one, it. I've been watching we gotta WWE. We got to move on. We got to move on. One final no, question. No. Do you see WWE making more cinematic matches in the future? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have to. Fucking help. I've been a fan of WWE since I'm five years old. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> you, are, you are now, whatever years old now, it's time to temper yourself as a fan. You either get with the program or stop being a fan. WWE uh, poised to, uh, to, to continue, <laughs> to continue <laughs> filming with stay-at-home orders. Wrestle Votes reports that WWE plans to film more TV, even with stay-at-home orders in place in Florida. The report comes as there is an air of uncertainty regarding what is going to happen, uh, starting with SmackDown, as that is the, the next show that hasn't been taped yet. WWE taped tonight's, uh, this past, uh, last night's uh, Raw and Wednesday's NXT at the end of March when they did the WrestleMania tapings, and but they was the extend of what they had uh, taped going further. Uh, furthermore, last night's Monday Night Raw was taped before WrestleMania 36. So no, it is not because the main event of WrestleMania 36 Night 2 was a disappointment that they filmed that stuff with Drew McIntyre and Big Show. It was the fact that they had no new footage for anything past WrestleMania outside of what was taped for Monday Night Raw last night. So they had to do something, and that's why they did Drew versus Big Show on last night's Raw. Um, a report from over the weekend said WWE was hoping to tape SmackDown from a secret location. This report was also supported by Wrestling Observer, which reports that WWE plans to film Monday Night Raw live next week. What were your thoughts on WWE continuing to film with the stay-at-home orders in place and the risk to the performers? And do you think that it puts a bad light on WWE with the fact that AEW has decided to indefinitely shut down their filming? Top guy? This ain't surprising. This ain't surprising. This ain't, listen, Vince McMahon is as stubborn as a pit bull that needs food. <laughs> Like, you are not going to stop that dog unless you chain it and you tell it and you literally chain it and hold it and hold it. If he sees food, you untie it. No matter how many times you say stop, he is going to run and get the food. Vince McMahon is a pit bull that sees money. He needs money. It's all he needs. Listen, if he is paying his performance, he wants it. he, he, he needs it. No, he needs it. <laughs> Vince McMahon needs it. <laughs> he needs to add to his billion-dollar bank account. He needs it. <laughs> but he, if I am paying my wrestlers, y'all are going to perform come hell or high water for it. 
if y'all gotta come to my motherfucking house, y'all are gonna perform in my house. Y'all are gonna earn this money. <laughs> They're probably gonna film at Edge's house. Edge got a ring there. <laughs> yeah, they sent them a ring. They fax. They did send them a ring. They put a whole production studio in there. Put some LED lights in there. Light that yep. shit up in there. Put a 70-inch TV in there so you can see their entrance videos. Right, intro on they in. got this. They got this. Backup plan is always in place. Yeah. What's your thoughts on them uh, still filming, uh, Chrissy Love? What do you do? You think that it's a smart move by WWE, or and what do you think a smart alternative would be? I don't think it's good if they tell you to stop. They, you, you're, you're endangering people now. This is very, very serious. So you definitely should be listening. If you have another alternative, let's go to another place, another state where there's less people around and do that. Other than that, just listen. You could take a few days off. People need vacations. These people work damn near 200-something days a year, maybe 300-something days a year. So give them a little time off, reflect, get back to a better thing so we can give you a better brand. And there's so many other things that they can do. We've seen with like the cinematic stuff as well as yeah. with the promo work given us with these empty arena shows. They can definitely put together a few promos. They can show us some older matches to kind of give right. them a couple of weeks off where these guys can quarantine and be safe. It's just it's just a very unwise decision. Like, you know, yeah. It, it, it just seems kind of crazy. So yeah. we, what, it's, oh, what it would you guys thought? What's your guys' thoughts? WWE News Edge's 24 documentary is considered one of the best documentaries done on the WWE Network. It's getting a lot of praise from wrestling fans as well as analysts. What was your guys' thoughts on the documentary? I'll start off with you, Miss Chrissy Love. Um, he has a great, beautiful house, by the way. Just, you know, <laughs> that, that North Carolina uh, house is just beautiful. Um. I thought it was very well done and executed. Um, and it just gives you the stages of when they wanted to really do the show and then how it let, led up to the events that per you know took part for WrestleMania um, and Royal Rumble. So it was very well done. His daughters are beautiful. I just like to, I told you I'm a documentary junkie. I love to see people's insides, the realness, them talking to Beth on the phone where the kids like are talking about school and then they run away. That's real life. Kids do that all the time. Like you be trying to talk to them and you're not home. Like, well, no, talk to me, talk to me. They don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, they got other stuff to do. <laughs> You're not here right oh, no. now, Mom. They're occupied. Right. They're occupied. Yeah. They got stuff so, going on in their life. Correct. Exactly. So, I love it, though. What was your, your thoughts, Top Guy, JJ? Uh, maybe recency bias for me, but I think that was the best documentary I've ever I've seen on the network so far. Like, just, mm -hmm. just letting me see the insights of not only his journey, but the way that you just understood how much of a rock Beth Phoenix is to him. Mm. Like, he could not have done any of this without her constantly instilling the confidence, helping him through the journey. Like, she got into the right to have somebody that is in your craft, helping you to remaster your craft, but also giving you that confidence during that whole long road. It was like, damn, she, she is the best thing besides his girls to happen to him ever because he had there was he was sparking doubts and she just kept pushing and then she couldn't she realized there was things that she couldn't do that was outside her element because of his status and size she brings in she brings in dash wilder like she just does mm. things and she just 
outsourced. She just kept things so in tune and so and kept him going, kept pushing him. And it was like, yo, she like as much as she was fearing for him, she knew that he couldn't live until he saw this through. And it takes a strong woman to see that because he's putting himself at risk. Mm-hmm. But she's like, he can't he's not going to live until he sees this through. Yeah, and she understood that, and it's like, damn, you're amazing! Like you are mm-hmm. amazing for that. Yeah, and seeing that play out through camera and seeing that play out through TV was like, damn, this is incredible. This is I incredible. Like this he... is like... I liked how he touched base. I'm sorry to cut you off. I like how he touched base on you know he was approached by other people. We already know who they are. Um, and as far as contracts, <laughs> but he was like, no, you know, before I do this, I, I you want to be loyal and do what it, you just, it just shows you the realness. Like, this is not about money. It's not about, this is what I love to do. This is what I live for. This is what I want to do. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I got to get myself together and speak to the people that can get me back to where I need to be. And, and I think it tied into why his match was so goddamn long. Because right. he said it literally after, like, and I think it kind of, like, kind of made me understand why his match was so long. Because he literally said, "I am not coming back to do a thirty minute, to do a thirty second match." Mm-hmm. And it's not to disrespect anybody. He wanted to come back to prove that he can still go. He wanted to show that he can still perform at the highest level before he ended up leaving. So it was like yeah. not. It wasn't the greatest match, obviously. Clearly, too long. But I think that was him proving his point. That yeah. he was able to still perform at the lengthiest moments with the best in the business. Absolutely. So coming off of that, Wrestling Observer reports coming off of the 24 documentary that Edge, who signed with WWE for $3 million over, uh, I think it's three to five years, got his WWE offer and AEW could not match it. So it was kind of like the wording of him in the documentary was kind of like misguiding. He said that they basically contacted him and then he had to check if he was cleared. But I mean, I agree with Wrestling Observer. I don't think WWE would allow him to do a spear if he wasn't medically clear. And also in the documentary, he made it seem like the spear was improv- improvisation. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> like, they didn't, you, they, you, you know you wasn't going out there for a promo, my nigga. Like, like, I know this is a show for the camera, my dude. Like, you knew he was going out there to deliver the spear. So, yeah, like, yeah. Vince even gave the, the sportsman, the show that you're back on the team now. Here, here's your sportsman. Good job out there. So, like, <laughs> yeah. like I understand it's all about telling the story on the documentary, but we just have to put put those little notes yeah, in. You gotta, uh, you gotta, you gotta drag the story a little bit. You gotta oh, drag God, it a we, little bit. We don't gotta drag it. We gotta add the truth to it because, like I said, it was almost. Uh, this documentary was one of the most honest doc- WWE documentaries they ever done. I say it's 99% honest. And this, mm. that was the percent that wasn't. So we just had to add it and make it 100%. So the <laughs> WWE news that I think that we most are interested in is that there is reasoning behind the outcome to the opener of night two of WrestleMania 36. Former NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley reportedly has had her work visa expire and has to return to Australia. She will be off WWE TV indefinitely until it is sorted. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Vince don't, don't got enough pulls when he get her a visa. He, he knows that. Do that herself. Uh, I mean, 
he he ain't a part of the, he ain't a part of the international embassy now. <laughs> like you can only do I'm, so much. It, it it's it's so unfortunate because you know this storyline was gonna take flight. This storyline was going to I wouldn't mind seeing this damn storyline through through Money in the Bank through the following pay per view. This would have been a thing of fucking beauty. Mm-hmm. So goddamn disappointing. Like it's so, it's so disappointing, and that's what happens with sometimes with these international stars. And sometimes it happens, and they just got to go sort it out. She'll be back. She'll be back. But you know, it's just hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. AEW news. AEW has indefinitely shut down production after filming last week for about. A few weeks to a few months of uh, television with Tony Schiavone and La Champion, Chris Jericho, on commentary. So we have that to look forward to, starting with tomorrow night's, uh, well, if you're watching this, on Wednesday for today's AEW Dynamite. Wait, can you clear that up real quick? Can you clear that up real quick? How long have, how long is AEW shot for? Like, is it only beyond, is it only for tomorrow, Uh, nothing beyond it, or... They are uncertain that it's it's pretty much a few weeks to a few months of television that they've taped. Mm, wow! Oh, so they okay. so they spent so they spent days in there. Yeah, yeah, they were there from they were they taped on Thursday and Friday both both nights at um, QT Marshall's right. gym in Atlanta, Georgia. Is their undisclosed location? Uh, there was also a note that somebody reportedly called the cops on them and uh, Georgia state officials were actually there to watch them filming that they basically to make sure that they followed the protocol and were out of there at the scheduled time where they were having their stay at home order in Georgia. And yeah, AEW shit is real out here, yo. It's so real. <laughs> <laughs> and AEW has officially signed Anna J, who appeared on Dynamite last week versus uh, Sheeta. So finally, it's what's next? What's next? It's tonight's AEW Dynamite as well as WWE NXT. Uh, AEW Dynamite lineup is Cody versus Sean Spears for the TNT Championship Tournament. This is a first round matchup, the first first round matchup. Kenny Omega will team up with Michael Nakazawa. To verse uh, the best friends. This is following up from the Omega Trent match last week. Brett Baker will go one on one with Hakara Shida. This is after their confrontation last week. Brody Lee, the exalted one, will be in action. Lance Archer will also be in action, and we'll hear from Jake the Snake Roberts as well, as well as, as we said before, Tony Schiavone and La Champion Chris Jericho will be on commentary. NXT, it is NXT mini takeover, as we're going to have a ladder match for the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae versus Chelsea Green versus Mia Yim versus Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai. Chrissy Love, who you got in the ladder match? Uh, I I don't know why I see Dakota Kai winning. I don't want her to win, but that's who I feel like is going to win. Top guy, JJ? It's a tough one. It is. um, I see since... The champion right now is Charlotte. She's probably going to need a strong face to face, which I'm going to go with Tegan Knox. Mm. I think Tegan Knox is going to be her first challenger. Somebody obviously trying to for, for Charlotte to really help establish that brand because she's going to be, as I think we've seen, she's going to be performing in NXT for the foreseeable future. So 
I think Tegan Knox is her first her first opponent. Well, to confirm, Charlotte's going to be appearing on both NXT and Monday Night Raw going further, as reported by Wrestling Observer uh, Newsletter. But I will say, that for this latter match, I'm going to go with Io Shirai. I think they need to start out hot with Charlotte on NXT, and Io uh, Shirai should be the person. And I see them, I foresee them taping a NXT takeover for for the WWE Network. If they're going to continue doing their filming, they're either going to tape or do a live takeover from the MT Performance Center. And I think Shirai versus Charlotte Flair would be the best matchup on that takeover card. Uh, and then finally, our main event will be Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa, the final chapter, the one final beat as the Rebel Heart will verse the Black Heart tonight, uh, tonight on WWE NXT. Top guy, JJ, I see that face. Who you got? The final matchup, Gargano versus Ciampa. Because this damn sure ain't the last match, these fucking liars. Exactly. Like, ain't, I mean, that's why I gave the face. Like, I would love to see it. Like, obviously, I'm I'm going to be definitely tuning in to see this match. But this ain't their last match, fucking liars. Yep, absolutely. Like, this is their, their last chapter, part one. <laughs> but How many uh, last chapters? Why didn't they just make this a loser leave NXT? I understand why. I understand it's the reason why is that neither guy wants to leave NXT, but that's the only thing that could have ended this. And yeah, it put the guy stamp wants on their career ruined. Neither guy wants their career ruined. So but they're why gonna that be Um I think I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Johnny Gargano winning this. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go with Johnny Gargano winning this because he uh, he has got to be the face of this brand. He 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 he's gotta be like he literally he's like one of the legit guys that just probably never ever ever wants to go to the main to what they call the main roster. Johnny Gargano wants to be the face of NXT, and I see that I see that playing out in that match tomorrow. All right, so. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna agree with Top Guy JJ, and I'm gonna go with uh, Johnny Gargano to win this one, only because they are very heavily teasing the little uh, foreshadowing or red herring that Killer Cross will get involved in this matchup with his Doomsday Clock vignettes. It's been surrounding this feud. They had the little confrontation between Chapo and Gargano, and then the Doomsday Clock interrupted them so they're kind of foreshadowing it and a Tommaso Ciampa versus Killer Cross feud seems like the only way that that would distract Ciampa a little bit longer before he's back into the title picture so I see that being the next wave and I see Gargano getting the victory here that'd be a nice so, way to get Killer Cross involved I'll tell you that that'd be really cool yeah Absolutely. but yeah I Gargano. agree with you guys and say Gargano you're gonna go with Gargano as well yes so sir. all across the board Gargano with the victory and promotion and outro. So a couple of quick plugs for our YouTube channel of uh, the top top the top 10 wrestling uh, WrestleMania opening matches with me and Richie Moon is up right now. Top five worst WrestleManias as well as our top top 10 best WrestleMania matches is up on our YouTube channel. That's starring me as well as drunk guy JJ. Check out that top five worst WrestleManias as we take a shot for every worst WrestleMania. It was a long night. Uh, a brand new, 
A brand new SmackDown with the Lynches is coming up this weekend as well. They're, they're in quarantine, but they're going to give you that entertainment, that content that you need. A new Ness XT is coming up, and I'm going to give you a new three count with SP3 from my makeshift at home True Hill Studios and a new Dark Side of the Ring review for the Brawl for All episode with me and Miss Chrissy Love. And we'll be back with True Hill Heat 69 uh, later on this weekend as we're going to give you a full ranking of every single WrestleMania. How are you looking forward to that, Top Guy, JJ? I got some watching to do because I got some breaking down to do. Basically, <laughs> each ranking is going to... It's like basically each ranking is going to come down to a match or two. Yeah. It's like it's going to come down to that signature match that, that puts one over the other. So it's basically the, the feeling of what Mania did in that particular year is going to create a spot for us. Great. So yep. Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, uh, follow, join the group page. True Hills, like True Hill Heat. Um, you can like us on Facebook. You can uh, follow us on the Twitter machine at True Hill Heat or on IG at True Hill Heat. Miss Chrissy Love, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, IG, uh, the sensational Miss Chrissy Love or Chrissy Love underscore. Smackdown with the Lynches on YouTube. All right, and me on Instagram, uh, True Hill underscore Top Guy JJ. Facebook, I'm Justin Johnson. Oh my God, I literally just opened my Twitter like a, like a week ago. So, <laughs> hey, like um, yeah, so that's 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 still in the works. <laughs> so, I'm back for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, until until then, so we 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 got some stuff to get into. Great. Uh, on Facebook, you can follow the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. You can follow Dirt Sheet Radio, as well as Battle Club Pro on Facebook, Twitter, as well as IG. Uh, you can follow me on IG at TrueHill underscore EpicSP3. Uh, you can follow uh, us on YouTube. Please subscribe. Push that like. Uh, push that subscribe button. Push that bell to stay notified. We're gonna have a whole bunch of great content as you're quarantined. You can watch all our great videos up on our YouTube channel. We want to thank all of our current. Uh, subscribers we just went over 400 subscribers for our youtube channel so thank you very much so the march to 500 is starting right now and you could be a part of the true hill heat experience on our way there and if you are listening to us you can listen to us on itunes on soundcloud and we're coming to anchor very soon true hill heat so for the beautiful miss chrissy love for our resident True Hill alcoholic top guy, JJ, it is me, it is me, your True Hill phenom, SP3. Until this weekend, True Hill Heat 69. This has been True Hill Heat 68, our WrestleMania 36 reactions. Signing off until next time.